0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adil and Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host of the most, as always, Adel Marcy. And season four continues with a legend tour. Sorry if I sound a little bit distant right now. Um, it's just my microphone I'm using is a new one. So it's a little sensitive um, and we're still figuring that out, which is always fun. But today's episode is sponsored by Lenka Lutonska dot com. That's L-E-N-K-L-U-T-O-N-S-K-A dot com. As you guess we've got Lenka herself on the show. Lenka, welcome to the show.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. And hello, everyone.
0: I'm so glad to have you here because we've been trying to um, put this together for about two months now. It's <laughs> been crazy, like with scheduling and cancelling and then I got ill and then something came up and it's been crazy. So we finally got uh, yeah. it, which is lovely.
1: Um, forward. <laughs>
0: So, before we begin, uh, I'm just going to quick shout out to our other sponsors for the show, which are, of course, StorySellingEmails.com. If you go there, check it out, sign up, uh, you can have a look at exactly how I design emails, put them together, and send them out to clients, and it's completely for free. Also, if you head over to lenkalutonska.com, you can opt in, you can join her mailing list, I'm sure she has something really special to share with you there as well. Um, so, real quickly, Lenka... So you're a business strategist and essentially known as a mindset maven. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been certified as an NLP master coach and trainer. Um, why? What was the reason? Like, How did you get started in this?
1: Mm, started. It started as um, when I was a little girl. Since I was a little girl, I had this very crazy dream. I'm going to change the world. <laughs> so I um, didn't know how, but yes, I'm going to change the world. Um when i um finished uh, college i was supposed to start university in my home country uh, sort of the you know the university path has been predetermined for me which i didn't like i wanted to work with people and uh, so i uh, hopped on a bus and um, ran to london because it's you know diversity dreams come true apparently um and uh, over here i
0: Pay there still?
1: Cleaner. Worked my way up. Okay. Uh, McDonald's. Yes, McDonald's. <laughs> and uh, while I was working there, however, I uh, studied anything and everything that I could about human mind, um, psychotherapy, and hypnotherapy, and counseling. And eventually, I came across NLP, and that is when I found the, my little way of changing the world and really changing myself. So that's how it started. Um, now, 11 years ago, I became so, so-called accidental entrepreneur because I just wanted to share these fantastic tools for personal change and growth with others. And it uh, went from there.
0: That's amazing because like, I was reading your story and something that really struck me, and I'm very happy you said this, was how you went from being a, an actual coach before it was, again, the big thing, um, And you broke six figures with it, and then everything kind of just muddled up, and you basically had to start from the bottom again as you just said that you had to start cleaning and had to rebuild everything how what was the emotional range like? because I know that can be very disheartening to people, but how did you deal with
1: it? as big emotional range as you can imagine. <laughs> I tell you what um the uh, building the business was. It required courage, but it was fun. You know, I sold my house and car and everything I had to be able to make it happen. I built my business from my now husband's kitchen table, but it was my dream, and I had this little bit of naivety about how business works or doesn't work. So I made it happen that way. Uh, losing my business was um completely different story. So it left me. Very emotionally broken, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, So, for a couple of years, uh, even though I thought, well, it should be easier the second time around, I've done it first time, should be easier this time around. It wasn't, it was way more difficult because that naivety and belief and this is gonna work no matter what wasn't there anymore. Um, So However, obviously everything has got um, some benefits to it, however, it really forced me to work on myself internally, it it uh, forced me to, number one, redefine what success really means because I didn't have a label anymore, I'm a successful business owner, I have this uh, six-figure business, I didn't have that anymore and I felt like nothing without it, so I had to redefine what success really means. Uh, redefine the picture of myself and uh, start from there so I can now uh, feel like much more fulfilling, much more successful much more bigger uh, much more in a way that I can be me in my business so it it really happened for a purpose uh, but I can also do it with more congruency because I went through that massive emotional range you know
0: That's incredible. See, I love that. And it is just going through those emotions and being able to relate to other people. So something I'm really just curious about more than anything, especially with like how you work particularly, is actually I shouldn't say that. It's it's how like people work in general. And I actually do know this because I've been through it so many times myself. When you have that complete hopelessness, um, it can be detrimental. And having a support system around you can't help. But like, it, it really just depends what type of person you know, like. For you, did you actually have a support system or did you just kind of go for it on your own or?
1: Oh, I, oh, I asked, for, I asked for so much support. I went, I went to my clients. You know, even though I lost everything, or monetarily and everything to do with business, I still had relationships. So I, I asked for so much support and I was given so much support, it's unbelievable. Uh, it's so important. So important. I wouldn't have. I I would not be able to make it through by myself. No way.
0: So I guess my question is because as I'm going to ask this because it can sound a little sexist, but it's more on a what we've actually realized in psychology. Mm-hmm. As a man, it's really hard to ask for help and support. Mm-hmm. But what is especially even if you're a woman or if you're anyone that's basically feeling like you can't ask for support what's the easiest way to actually ask for help? Because for me personally speaking, and I'm very grateful for the support system I do have now, but when I was growing up and stuff, when I was in my um, early 20s and, you know, before I turned 20 as well, I remember going through a situation where I was really in trouble. And when I spoke to my friends, I was like, if they said, if someone said to me that, hey, I'm, you know, I'm okay, but I'm going through some stuff right now, I'd do everything in my power to make sure they we're okay. Whereas whenever I said I was going through some trouble, I need some help. Or, you know, I'm okay, but I wish someone could help me, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. My friends would always come back with the same phrase, which is, you're adult, you can do anything, you've got this. Cool. So it kind of bred this belief in me that asking for help was not a sign of weakness, but I wouldn't be helped because apparently I'm so good I should be able to help myself. So my mm-hmm. question in a long about way is, one roundabout way, is how do you actually ask for help and receive it?
1: Oh, that's a great question, Adil. And you know, I'm I'm not sure if this is a really, if men got it harder. I know for me, it was so incredibly hard to ask for help. Incredibly hard. Uh, almost. Tra- yeah. Desperate. I had to. I had no other choice because I was desperate. I really was desperate. I was hopeless. So there was no other way for me to move forward unless I wanted to stay that way, unless I wanted to stay broke. Um, I didn't have any other choice but to ask for help. However, having said that, since that unfortunate period, I got much, much better to not only ask for help when I need, but ask for help when I think there is a it will help me in any way possible. What is the mindset behind it? You know what? I think we need to start it as started as treating as a little muscle that we want to practice, um, stretch ourselves, make it uncomfortable. You know, I remember I was reaching out to people who were, uh, some of my clients were at the board levels of a big organization and to just go to them and ask, look, I would really appreciate helping me to find a business. (laughs) Uh, Would you be able to help? It was hard, but people love to help. So apart from the fact that uh, telling myself that, Asking for help is not a weakness, it's a strength. But also to know that people actually love to help. People love to help, generally speaking. Obviously, I'm sorry to hear that you went through that experience. So um, I started to push myself, challenge myself, ask for more help, ask for more help. I've, and of course, even today, it's it's inevitable for me to keep asking for more help Because without it, I wouldn't do ten percent of what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, no, I see that. And again, it's I think it was more or less when I was younger. That's why I mean now as an adult, it it helps a lot to be able to like call up a friend, say, "Hey, listen, I'm in a I'm in a bit of a spot. Is there anyone I can help?" Because, um, like the way that we were introduced was through uh, Claudia, really more than anything. So I'm not really sure if um. So like for me, my business for a very long time was writing advertising and being mm-hmm. a direct response copywriter and blending with stories and stuff. It became almost a a bit of a sick joke amongst my friends. And I say sick joke because it's, it's kind of funny in a very twisted way that you can help so many people bring so much money in, but you can't help yourself do the same. And you huh. can actually solve every problem with a good sales letter, but you can't write one for yourself because you're too close to the situation. So everything you write comes off as desperate. That's the interesting thing. So Mm. after I learned how to uh, get around it, which is more or less just call up a friend and say, hey, listen, I'm in this way. Can you help me? It improved. Like for a long time, I had that belief that people won't help because even though I love helping and people love to help other people, I didn't think it was for me. But now I accept that. So that leads me to the other part of the question I actually have, which is learning how to accept um, help because as you have probably seen with clients and friends and people, when you help someone, they either become very flustered or angry or sad or happy. They, they go through a range of emotions. Um, but it's down to that acceptance. And the reason I'm asking for this is setting up my other question. So how would you deal with the acceptance side of things?
1: Oh, again, oh, other great questions. Again, um, <laughs> the way I consider this, you know, what you're touching on here is a couple of it's almost entrepreneurial skills, right? I mean, how far we can go without asking for help, without receiving help, without receiving anything. Um, the way I see this is we are different people, have got different story, different upbringing, different programming, if you like, and that all forms our, what I call, local mind or programmed mind, if you like. There is, however, the other part of us, uh, if you call it higher mind, Pot- our potentiality, if you like, that is constantly reminded us, reminding us where we want to go. Now our program mind is everything that took us where we are today, and that represents order, that represents comfort, that represents safety. Every- everywhere where we want to go, the higher mind, our potential, that represents chaos, that represents unknown. So, when we practice these entrepreneurial skills, uh, such as receiving freaking help, but also many other things, uh, selling, putting ourselves out there, uh, investing in ourselves, there is a whole range. Uh, When we do that, it's, to most of us, it is new. It is, we, we, it's not part of our everyday orderly life so it's going to hurt you know, a, a bit it's going to be uncomfortable but i find in these situations when i know when i when i acknowledge that okay i can't do that easily right now i can't receive help right now but i know knowing that is totally in alignment with that which i want to accomplish so I'm going to stretch myself a little bit. I'm going to allow myself to come out of that comfort zone a little bit and do it anyway. So what I would do, you know, in this instance is, okay, how can I make it easy but do it anyway? So in, in the question that you asked, how can I receive support more easily? What I would do, perhaps I would force myself when I get compliment, just say thank you rather than, oh, but, you know, or or just appreciate just accept help no matter what and just sit with it and move on and do it again and again i don't have any other trick on that but this little one uh, recognition between who is talking now my safe mind or my bigger mind and constantly moving myself towards my bigger mind um helps a lot that's
0: incredible Um and yeah, so when you actually do reach towards bigger mind and actually work from that it's, it's more prosperous. And I love the fact that you actually do talk about accepting compliments because it just doesn't have to be with help or receiving. It's receiving anything um, because it's a universal attribute that people have a problem with. Now, I was actually looking at this because I always love um, asking these questions. It's more or less like when you – because you developed a course um, – on how to attract more wealth into your life, right? Just become a money magnet. Because we've mm. heard that so many times, but my question really is, um, what is it that you believe stops people from actually attracting true wealth? I mean, I have my theories on this, but I'd love to hear yours, and of course I'll share mine afterwards if you want me to.
1: Oh, I would love to, Adil. Well- First and foremost, money is such a taboo topic still, right? Yeah. I mean, you can talk about pretty much so many other things. I think it's easier to talk about sex than money.
0: Yeah, now <laughs> it is. Even like um, religion and politics, which you weren't right. supposed to talk about before, is easier to talk about than money for most people.
1: Right. So it's been embedded in many of us that money is this dirty thing that uh, uh, on, uh, on rich people are somewhat bad and you shouldn't talk about it and you, you need to work very hard for your money and money grows on a tree. So I think primarily is that our thinking around money, what it is and what it, what we make it out to be. You know, I uh, learned to love money because to me, money and love is the same thing. I know that when I receive money, that means I'm able to contribute more to the world. I'm able to really help uh, a person or a group of people and really help. I'm, 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 <laughs> that's how I'm he- here making biggest change or do my, doing my best work. So I think it's our overall thinking about money. And secondly, it's also about receiving, as you mentioned before. Yeah. Um, uh, Adil, I don't know how it was for you from a little girl this one phrase, "You gotta work hard to get successful, you just gotta push, 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 push and work hard, well there is value in it, but to at what cost? And what if it doesn't have to be that hard? What if it is actually about allowing ourselves to receive more? To act with more certainty? To to sell with more certainty, to expect better for us because we're worth it. I'd say these two things are the most important and there is so much. I don't know. Adil, I would love to hear from you. What's your view on it? Why?
0: See, I agree with you entirely. And to clarify, I didn't actually have, um, my my upbringing was kind of strange because I grew up uh, in a very wealthy family for the first four years of my life Mm -hmm. because, I grew up in Africa for the first four years and then I moved to England where I've lived here for 25 years-ish. Um, and what I've actually found is, growing up, my parents, because they grew up with money, so they didn't really have to do that, but when they moved to the UK, I'm grateful that both my parents have an extremely hard work ethic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I, of course, inherited that. The only thing was I actually saw them struggle. So the whole thing that money is hard to come by or whatever it is, was never taught to me. It was more, I saw it and unfortunately, when you see it, it's a little bit more powerful, especially if you're visual. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, it took a very long time for me to understand that money's a good thing. Um, and my view of it, why people actually get stuck with it, especially like I can always speak about my own experiences because I know them better than most. The reason I kept getting stuck with money wasn't because I was told money was bad. It's because I was never told money was good. Because mm-hmm. like it, you can just tell, oh, money is money. Um, and one of the beliefs my dad had for me growing up was if you have money, you should spend it. Mm-hmm. Don't hoard your wealth. Mm-hmm. Which, which is smart. Don't hoard it, but don't be dumb and spend every penny you have the moment you have it coming in. So I did a lot of because uh, I did my advanced NLP certification. Mm -hmm. and the first thing I focused on was uh, I focused on three things to begin with the first one was healing a money wound about spending all my money as soon as I get it the second was um, about feeling naturally confident in myself and the third was just the mental image thing I really wanted to fix Um, because how I saw myself internally and how I saw myself externally were just two different things Um, and what's really interesting about that point it links back to money as well because if you truly accept that money is a good thing, that's a tool to help shape lives of people for the better and you do it for good, that makes you feel better, your confidence goes up and more money comes in. And it's this whole uh, adage that I had this morning, and just as a reminder, if you're having trouble with money uh, coming in, ask yourself how grateful are you for the money that you already have. Because when you have gratitude, it doesn't matter, you'll have more money coming in always.
1: So true. I love that. I love that. You see, money itself, it's a very neutral energy and it doesn't freaking care. It doesn't care how we perceive it, but the way we perceive it, it will reflect itself back to us. And um, there are many ways to make money, even uh, deeply insecure people will make money. And I don't know if you met with those people, you know, your family was completely different, but you've got uh, people with lots of money who still feel very insecure, they hoard it. Yeah. Um, so there are many ways to to do money, but that's the nice thing we can we can make it our own. One other exercise I give to my clients if uh, they are not making as much money as they want is to um, imagine that the money was a person and uh, define what kind of relationship we would have. Would that be kind of addictive relationship, to have you around, to feel secure at all times? Or would it be that kind of relationship uh, that would be free, you know, come, go, do your job, come back? Uh, Would it be that kind of relationship where, um, distant relationship where, you know, you're never around or telling the money you're not important anyway? In my integrity is more important. So it, it's a little exercise that helps us to realize how do we actually relate to money, what uh, energy we apply to money, and therefore it will reflect itself back to us in the same way.
0: Definitely. I mean, something that one of my um, teachers like in advertising always said to me was, goes, whatever you focus on grows. <laughs> the only thing that you should never focus on, or not even never, the only thing you shouldn't do... Um, is if you, the only thing it doesn't work with is money. If you focus just on money, it'll never grow. You want to focus on the things around it and make money a part of it, but not yes. the main part, because it's a cog. It's, it's, if it's in a machine, it's just part of the wheel. It's not the entire thing. Um Because, as we've said, you can make money doing anything. Like, I didn't actually realize this until very recently, how easy it is to be a drug dealer. I didn't actually know how easy it was. It's insanely easy. Mm-hmm. Not saying that I've done that, I'm just saying I had a friend of mine that unfortunately went down that path um and we managed to get them out of the situation they were walking down which is really good but at the same time i asked them why because i love to interview interesting people and even ask them what their reason for doing what they're doing is and um their response was because it's easy i was like how so they're like all i did was i bought something for myself and Mm -hmm. my friend said if they could have some so i got them to give me some money and Mm -hmm. took a little percentage and then i kept doing it and doing it and then soon i had seven friends that were giving me a little bit more money than usual and the word spread and people kept coming to me And i was like how and they're like that's how it built up it was like in in the space of a week he went from hey i'm just feeding this habit for myself to i'm now supplying six people and yeah it's so quick and so scary um so under that same guise, it's, it's, it's very easy to do things like that. You can make money overnight. I'm not saying do that because how you actually make your money, whether it's good or evil, um, is reflected to how the money will actually, how you will use and how it will treat you. For instance, if you made your money being an evil corporation that poisoned people and that was what you did, well, guess what? Karma comes back and gets you in different ways by making you spend your money on your health or a messy divorce or um, name a thing um whereas if you earn your money in a good way it, it usually works on stage for a long time as long as you have good health or good money habits with it um so yeah that's kind yeah. of like my view on it. but yep. I, I did i the question i did want to ask you realistically as well from this perspective um is this idea of self-imagery all right? because this is i know this isn't so much to do with business but it does in some way affect it what is one of the practices that you teach like when if you when you work one-on-one with a client say they have um a very dif- distorted vision of themselves of how they see themselves. How, where do you begin with something like that? Like for instance, they think they're ugly, but in reality, they're not. They just have this internal belief that they're ugly and deserve nothing.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, in the recent years, I very much work with women on their businesses, so I'm not sure if this particular example comes up, but nonetheless, it's uh, um, it's uh, all the same, you know. Right <laughs> into <laughs> interventions after the pre framing etc., etc. But generally speaking, uh, generally speaking, um, the uh, I, I very much love to share one little thing from the NLP um, with my clients. And uh, remember this one: the map is not the territory. So just as the map of, let's say, London, can, that never can have the actual London in it, no no matter how descriptive map it is. We have this internal map of ourselves, but no matter how full it is, it's never the real person, it's never really us. Our job is is to draw the details, draw the more details, and we can redefine it if we don't like, but it's never going to be the actual territory. It's never going to be us because we are absolutely limitless. Um, so what i um what I would suggest in this situation something that is quite accessible is um, little two things. number one uh, journaling on how I would um, how I would hmm, oh, let me just try using more practical and I'm gonna say it as i as I normally say. It. How does your higher self see you? In other words, the potentiality in you. How does your higher self see you? And then help them to bridge that gap that their potentiality, then it's absolutely the same thing. If we have good desire, it's not that we have good desire for something that doesn't exist. If we have good desire to emerge like that, that is already in us. Um, so that's one little thing, and I would absolutely let them to do 360 feedback with other people, absolutely.
0: <laughs> see, that's great. And by the way, don't ever worry about like whether or not the audience uh gets it. if they don't i'll explain further but no my audience is pretty um they're pretty sophisticated i love you guys you guys know what you're doing so they'll actually understand what you mean by higher self almost immediately mm-hmm. damn <laughs> self-help junkies read every book they can find <laughs> all the fun stuff there but yeah something i was really curious about because like you live in london now as well right
1: uh yes near london harfordshire
0: oh wow no wait. so you're not far wait we're about to in... I would, tell me later, because I was Ham- going to say. <laughs>
1: hmm? I can say Hamel-Hempstead, Hertfordshire.
0: Oh, wow. I didn't know Hamel-Hempstead was at Hertfordshire. Yes. <laughs> no idea. Yeah, because I live in Soho, so.
1: Right. <laughs> so not far?
0: <laughs> not far. I usually go hiking up that way.
1: <laughs> there and you Hampstead
0: go. Heath. I do both, to be fair. There's quite nice areas to like walk around in. Um. Anyway, getting off topic, back to it. Uh, but living in London, something I've actually found over the years, after living in different cities as well, one thing I find about London is the environment. Actually, this is not just new in London it's anywhere, uh, of where you want to be. The environment that you create around yourself massively affects your "quote unquote" worthiness on how you feel and how you see yourself. Correct. So under that, guys, how do you cultivate a support system that's physical around you? in a place that is as busy as a metropolis like london or new york
1: mm-hmm. um, I, I missed the part of the question you went a little bit quiet but um oh, sorry yeah i oh, I'll like to repeat it just in natural, nutshell if you don't mind so oh, just that's
0: fine what i was saying was in a place like say london or new york where it's a little mm-hmm. bit busy how do you create a support system that works for you as an entrepreneur or a business owner like how do you create that
1: well, you can create anything you want. One thing I did when I lost my business, and you know why I, I found in found myself in this not so nice place, I created my own uh, support system by actually creating it. What I mean by it, uh, when I realized that you know what, I I, I continued going to these networking events, busy networking events, and you know how is it uh, at the networking events. You, you introduce yourself and you I felt like I need to wear this persona look at me I'm a successful person and let's talk business and but it wasn't real me inside I felt like a freaking failure
0: yeah
1: <laughs> and uh, I thought you know what I'm going to create my own support groups and I did I created three thriving uh, support groups for entrepreneurs which was essentially like a mastermind Structure three hours, three hours meeting, um, one per month, and uh, we did exactly this. It was uh, immediately from the be- from the beginning. I induced this culture of this is not a place to pretend to be someone you're not. This is the place to celebrate you, but also to open up and speak about what's really uh, what really your challenges are and ask for support. And it was magnificent. There was so much need for it. So much need for it. So going back to your question, uh, I personally am not really buying into this idea that London or any other city is different from any other. People are everywhere. And whether we organize that support for us online or offline or in any other way, make it happen and make it happen in a way that you exactly want.
0: See, I love that. So do you still run that or did you... um,
1: No. No. Three, so, uh, three years ago, I decided to take my business altogether on, online, so I closed my offline groups, which, uh, uh, you know, I, I had a little cry about it, but uh, I felt it's needed for me to go and focus on going bigger, if you like.
0: See, I love that. So, there is definitely something along those lines, because I was, uh, personally for myself, where I was looking at, or by the time the show comes out, I've probably done so, um, is create a creatives-only Uh, meetup group in London, like once a month you get together and just literally just create, just have fun, talk about what you want to do, what you're finding as a challenge and very similar to what you're actually describing. So it's actually really interesting. So thank you for that and for sharing that. Now, one of my favorite questions to ask on the show is quite simple. Um, And usually I ask it way later in the show, but I just want to ask it now. So you, I'm assuming you love to read as well, or you read a lot. Yes, I do. Yep. What would be, and this is a question that's quite powerful, um, if you could suggest or recommend three books Mm -hmm. that shaped your life, but here's the rules. The first two books are non-fiction, so they can be self-development books, business books, whatever. The last book has to be a fictional book or a fictional movie that shaped your life. So what would those three things be?
1: Okay, so you're going to make me think now. Yep. But uh, yep. the first book that really, really shaped my life and it helped me out, it's a classical gem, uh, The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace D. Yep. Love it. The second book that got that really deeply touched me was uh, The Conversations Good with God. God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great book. Uh, and uh, the movie or book that is fiction now that's much harder i don't read a huge amount of fiction and especially if it touched me gee (laughs) Um, i would have to think longer about this but
0: uh, we take your time it's all good
1: yes but one um one fictional it's a fairy tale that i come back to every Christmas and has been always my favorite for some reason is a Cinderella, but it again, it's just, it's got that archetype of, oh, you know, as as long as you're a good person and you believe in what you want and you work hard, everything will work out. So I don't know if that's uh, close to what deeply touched me. Um, it
0: does, if you watch it all the time, it makes you feel a certain feeling, it deeply touched
1: that's you. Right. That's what it is. That's right. So there, I will go with Cinderella. <laughs>
0: um so yeah it's kind of interesting because like those are very interesting uh choices and something you said really just uh not triggered me in a horror in a bad way it just triggered a, a memory for me um one of my favorite i wouldn't say it's fiction but also i can't say it's non-fiction because uh it's it's a religious parable for me mm-hmm. um as the story of moses uh, it's what it's a particular story to do with gratitude have you ever heard this story Lenka? Uh,
1: no, I do. Please tell oh, sorry.
0: me. Sorry about that. It went quite on your end. So I was like, oh, quite. Um, yeah, so the story, and so I would to get religious with you uh, people listening, but trust me, you'll understand when I go through this. Essentially, the story is that Moses was uh, on his way up to speak to God. And on his way up, he met a poor man, a man that was completely destitute with nothing. All he had left was a smelly loincloth. And he grabbed onto Moses and said, you're Moses? He goes, yes. He goes, you're speaking to God. He goes, yes, I am. He goes, could you do me a favor, please? He goes, yes. And he goes, could you speak to God and ask him how I can get more wealth? Because I had money and then I lost everything. It's been a constant struggle. I don't know what I'm doing. How do I get more wealth? Mm -hmm. Moses goes, I'll ask God and find out, you know, he created everything. he will be able to have the answer. Great. Going on the way up, on the way up, halfway through uh, up the mountain, he walks by a ranch. And immediately the ranch owner rides out to greet him and says, your mother's a sign. He goes, yes. He goes, would you want some water? He goes, no, fine. He goes, um, he goes great, I'll ask you on your way back down. But if you're going to speak to God, could I ask a favor from you, please? He goes, yes. He goes, could you ask God to stop my abundance? And Moses looked at him shocked and said, you know, why? Again, I'm paraphrasing bits of this. Because why? He goes, well, because... Um, I've been given too much. I've i I've, I give most of my wealth away, and there's more wealth that comes back at the end of the year than there was at the start of the year. Like it's like the more I give, the more comes back. Mm-hmm. Could you just ask God how I can stop that? Because I'm starting to get en- and people are starting to get envious of me, and I don't like it. Cool. Moses walks up there, speaks to God on his way back down. Immediately meet, meets the ranch owner that's quite rich owner says, Moses, you said that you'd have a drink with me. I've got some i I've got some drinks for us. You know, the pastor's coming out to give it by the way, did you speak to God? And Moses is like, um, you know, the man's waiting for the drinks to come uh, from from the house. And Moses goes, Yeah, I spoke to God. Uh, he goes he goes, what do you say? He goes, he goes Become ungrateful. Mm-hmm. The man looked at Moses and went, What? He goes, Become ungrateful for everything you have. That's how you can quickly stop the abundance in your life. Just become ungrateful and the man looked so shocked and the drinks had arrived at this point he looked so shocked he looked at moses as he went to give the drink over to moses he was like how could i be ungrateful how could i be ungrateful god took me from a lowly farmer to a man that has everything that i could ever dream of and more i mean i can never be ungrateful to uh, to god for this in that moment the earth shook and the man dropped his glass and the glass shattered into tiny pieces of diamonds now on the way back down, Moses meets the uh, poor man who was waiting for him. Doesn't even stop anything. He just runs to Moses and goes, what did God say? Doesn't ask him anything. Just brashly asks him. Moses says, well, I spoke to God. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. What did he say to my answer? He goes, well, he said you must become grateful. And the man looked shocked, <laughs> angry. And he said, how dare you? And Moses what do you mean? He goes, how dare you give me that advice? God took everything from me. He took my children. He took my family, I have nothing left, there is nothing in this world except the smelly loincloth how dare you tell me to be grateful for I've got nothing to be grateful for in that moment the wind blew and took the man's loincloth with it and mm. I have nothing left so the oh, parable of the story is, if you want
1: uh, hmm? it gave me goosebumps, Adele <laughs> it's,
0: it's a good story and it has so many good uh, parables, but it's one that I've, uh, I, I think I heard this when I was 15 or 16 years old mm-hmm. um, and it stayed with me ever since then So it's a a very powerful story now one of the questions I do want to ask you as we're heading towards uh, this part of my favorite part of the show you've already answered one of them the other two questions I have are well you've answered one of them throughout the show is how you actually raised yourself from being completely crushed back up to your feet but my favorite question feel free to go as long as you want with this is if you could advise anyone listening to the show three things they could do to drastically change their life for the better what three things would you suggest and why?
1: Mm-hmm. Wonderful question, so first thing, sit down and write down two things, number one, what am I settling for and offload it, what am I, where am I settling in my life, offload where we are accepting less than we truly want. Be it with our bodies, health, businesses, relationships, anything like that. And also add to that, if I continue accepting this as my normal, where will I be in the next five years? This is not a very nice thing to do, but it really gets off of settling train. Because settling is an epidemic and it's very, very, very easy to do. Uh, I truly believe that we have got power to create any any change in our lives we want. But change, even though it's simple, it's not easy. We are not designed to change easily. Therefore, we need the leverage. Now, this exercise helps us to get that leverage to get away from the great sort of internal idea of hell. What does it look like if I continue not changing? Because we're either change or we're postponing change. So it gives us that away from push. The second thing that you probably want to do is uh, um, ask yourself, what do I truly, truly Write it down in uh, as much detail as you minute. can see.
0: Blanca?
1: Of course. Yes. 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 The,
0: yes. the truly, truly part, please.
1: Uh, yes. The, uh, ask yourself what you truly, truly want. And write in as much details as you can, whatever you can see. Um, so this is where create our direction, our idea of heaven, if you like. I mentioned it earlier. Um, this is not only very important, the important part about this is also acknowledging that if I truly desire something and I just created it on a piece of paper, where I want to go, what do I want to change, what do I want to create, it's not a pipe dream, it's not that uh, may or may not happen, it's not I may or may not may not be worthy, but this is what is truly calling us, it's already in us, this is why we're able to access that feeling of desire. So do that and own it. Then, okay, I've, I'm going to do this no matter what. And then um, ask yourself, and th- this you'll probably want to do every day. Ask yourself, what is my part in this today? I defined where I don't want to go, that pull away, push away from. I, I define where I choose to go, what a change looks like. So what is my part in this today? And let your intuition guide you. And if you listen to if you listen to the intuition for just a few minutes a day in stillness, you have all the answers you need. But of course, then you will need to do what you know you need to do. That's the trickiest bit. And this is where I use this little help. Oh, is this my my lower mind or my higher mind talking here? So I will just train myself in following that guidance no matter how uncomfortable no matter what and doing these few steps connecting with that which you choose to create and listening to your inner guidance um, and following that inner guidance we can create
0: miracles miracles that's amazing i love that thank you so much for sharing that
1: oh such a pleasure such a pleasure
0: yeah um guys uh Link, it's been amazing having you on the show i really hope you had as much fun as i have um being here um it's funny if i say that out loud and you're like no i didn't i hated it every moment of it Who knows? <laughs> that could happen one day i've never had it before so it'll just be fun i think one of my friends would totally do it to me um anyway it's been great having you on the show uh and yeah guys go check out uh, Lenka Lutenska, L-U-T-O-N-S-K-A dot com. Sign up to a mailing list. I know that you work primarily with women, but you're, you, what you teach works universally. Essentially what it is. So guys, if it sits and resonates with you, reach out to Lenka. I'm sure she'll find a way to work with you and help you out. Um, I would re- definitely recommend like speaking to it. Just listen to the show once over and you'll, you'll have an idea of why you want to work with this woman.
1: Thank you so much, Adil. I had a really great time. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Yes, Uh, thank you.
0: All right, guys. Take care and see you in the next episode.